Lerato Mukhwatle joins me on the line right now. And if you are on Twitter, you definitely know her as Madame Africa. Uh, we've chatted before previous times and she has traveled extensively throughout the continent. Trust me, she will want you or she will have you rather wanting to go to amazing places to discover this vast, vast continent that we call Africa. Lerato, good morning. How are you? I'm well, thanks for you, Bridget. I'm incredible. Before we go anywhere, I know that, you know, we are confined to South African borders, but I'm not mm. too sure if lockdown found you here or found you elsewhere. So, are you outside in freedom? I'm I'm inside. I'm in Johannesburg right now. I'm sure your heart would want to be somewhere else, especially over December. Uh, this morning, you were talking to us about Tunis, um, a country yes. that I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> that is where my heart is right now. Tunis is the capital city of Tunisia. It's in North Africa. Yes. And it is quite a pleasure to organize because South African public passport holders don't need a visa. You just arrive there oh. and you get to enjoy the country. But of course, because of COVID restrictions, you need to always check the latest information because some countries also have put in place things like 24-hour quarantine. Some have seven-day quarantine. So it's yes. always important to start there. Yes. Beyond just starting there, then you arrive in Tunisia. You arrive in Tunis. Mm. It's an aesthetic it's creative, it's colorful, it's all white. Oh, really? The most incredible thing about the most incredible thing about Tunis is that it's almost all white. Houses are painted white, buildings are white, and so on. And however, it's not without color because Tunisia has a rich heritage of ceramic and mosaics that mm. goes back to ancient Roman times. Okay. Right, because it, it also used to be one of the places in Africa where the ancient Romans were stationed. Ah. But beyond that, it has a rich, colorful ceramic culture to a point where bus stops have mosaics decorated everywhere you look, everywhere you turn. You have to always turn around and look around you when you're in Tunisia and in Tunis because there's pops of color from ceramics everywhere, just designs and very, very elegantly designed city. Very, very beautiful, very historic. Oh, wow. Okay, already you're painting a visual that I'm loving. Uh, you're getting my imaginative juices are flowing. And I do know that uh, Tunisia as a country is actually bordered by the Mediterranean Sea. Um, so d- does that have any impact in terms of the culture that we see uh, within the country and within, of course, the capital city? Uh, they do also have an, uh, an Arabic and French heritage, if I'm not mistaken, yes? Yes. So in, in, Tunis, in Tunis, all those parts of their heritage come together to form a cosmopolitan experience. Mm. So what you will notice about heritage there is that I love that you mentioned the Mediterranean because there's a, a suburb in Tunis called City Busaid and it's right on the Mediterranean. Mm. It's all white and blue. A lot of people compare it to... Like the Greek the Isles and yes. such places. Santorini. Yes. A lot of people compare it to Santorini. It is perfectly beautiful. Absolutely everything in place. And um, again, a lot of it just around men created, right? Mm. It's the whiteness of the buildings, the way every, every, every house has a plant. 
Gugavelia, mm. I might have mispronounced it. But there's also, because of it, there's like pops of purple, of of yellow, of orange, mm. of white, deep pinks. And also that French influence, mm. people had a cafe culture that okay. is definitely French influence. There's a lot of patisseries, mm. a lot of sitting down, going out, enjoying just being out for sweets mm. and tea and coffee. And then the Arabic culture is, I think, for me, one of my favorite experiences and encounters of the city because it then dates back to when the city is, itself was established. Mm. It, 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 it was, I don't remember exactly when centuries ago it was established. However, it started as this mosque, Mosque Zituna. Mm-hmm. And everything else that had been built around Mosque Zituna. So that place now that is probably dates back from around the 10th century or even earlier mm. still exists as the Medina de Tunis. And in a lot of places in Tunisia, but a lot of places that are UNESCO heritage sites, there are places, houses, there are structures that can never be changed. Yes. So no matter the amount of development, no matter what happens, the the buildings need to remain the same. The the look and feel when you go there, right? Mm. My favorite thing about the Medina is going to a rooftop and getting to see a view of the Medina and mm. a view of Tunis, that skyline of whiteness that ends at like the blue ocean. Ah, oh, look, <laughs> that country, hey. <laughs> Like, Lorato is definitely, she's off. She's in Tunis already living her best life. Uh, by the way, Lorato is the author of uh, Vagabond, Wandering Through Africa on Faith. If you haven't got, I got a copy, uh, a signed copy, by the way. And uh, if you haven't got a copy, you can definitely acquire one. Uh, Lorato, before I let you go, I also just want to find out. Um, you know, a lot of the times when we think about African travel, I, I've had the pleasure of having my fair share, not extensive like yourself, but having a fair share of travel on the continent now. So I, I don't talk about, you know, things like safety and all that because mm. safety is relative. And for the most part, the continent is very safe, um, especially for women traveling by themselves or as groups of women. Um, mm. But what I do also like to know, which is a part of the conversation we never Um, indulge is what is the attitude in Tunisia as a whole and maybe even Tunis if we isolate it because sometimes capital cities have different attitudes compared to you know the the mother body of the country what is the Mm. attitude in as far as LGBTQI travelers and we know that they are making up a vast majority of global travel as a community and more and more countries are, you know, especially African countries, are trying to find ways of being more welcoming and having more safer environments for the LGBTQI plus community. Very, very relevant question. And my unfortunate experience with Tunisia is that I went last year when it was in the throes of lockdown. Mm. So travel had all but dwindled. So it was very hard to gauge. But I know that before then, it's one of Tunis, the city, is one Mm. of the more cosmopolitan places around North Africa. But as a a lesbian woman myself, Mm. and who also travels with her partner, I always say to everyone, I follow the local queue. Mm -hmm. Because um, I think it's very important to also, I, I, I view places 
first as homes before their destination. Mm. So I always follow the, the local LGBT community. If no one else around me is staging pride, I'm not staging pride. I don't stage pride yeah. when I go to my local Woolworths, you know. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. But if I'm traveling, particularly because there's a pride event, yes, I'm showing up in all my colors mm. and all those things. But I think it's a very important to always be discerning mm. and to always remember that there are different attitudes and perceptions and what you are going to experience, for instance, in even in the middle of any cosmopolitan city in South Africa, mm. you know, experience and and deaths and attacks have yeah. shown that might not necessarily always be the experience elsewhere. So I think the bigger part of the conversation around being queer and traveling in Africa should also be how I think as Africans we generally complicit mm. in watching, in continuing with a blood history. As long as it's not my blood yeah. that's writing that chapter, then I'm fine. Yeah. Lerato, thank you so much for sharing your travel adventures with us. You can follow Lerato, by the way, on Twitter. If I'm not mistaken, you're also on Instagram, right? Um, yes. And her handles are at Madam Africa for more from time to time, by the way, she'll post like really cool food and uh, really nice little delicacies. And you, you want to ask her, where is she? Because you think she's here. And then you realize that she's somewhere fabulous and you can't get your hands on whatever it is that she's posted. <laughs> that was Lerato, Madam Africa, sharing her tales of Tunis with us. Uh, we're going to go into music now for the last little bit of the show. We've got a song by uh, Gemma Griffiths and this is Kwale. We're going to catch up with Gemma Griffiths after the song, find out exactly what she's been up to and what we can look forward to from her upcoming project.